The pages of a book are filled with tales of great adventures, stories of everlasting love, heartbreak, and the classic whodunit. Explore them all with your host, Laura Young. Welcome to Read Astray. Hello, I'm Laura, middle school reading teacher and avid reader in general. Welcome to Read Astray, a podcast designated to reviewing different books. In this episode, I am reviewing the book Furious Hours by Casey Sepp. The cover caption reads, Murder, Fraud, and the Last Trial of Harper Lee. The opening blurb inside the cover reads, The stunning story of an Alabama serial killer and the true crime book that Harper Lee worked on obsessively in the years after To Kill a Mockingbird. This is author Casey Sepp's first book, and it is obvious she did her homework prior to writing. There are 33 pages of notes about her research and an extensive bibliography of sources at the end. The book is divided into three parts, the reverend, the lawyer, and the writer. It also features a prologue, 16 pages of photographs, one map, and an epilogue. The section called The Reverend centers around the Reverend Willie Maxwell, who in the early 1970s was murdered in front of 300 witnesses. But the real story was how six people close to the Reverend, including two of his wives, ended up dead. This section covers the life of Willie Maxwell, all of the six deaths with which he was associated but never convicted, There were many theories that involved voodoo. To say that people in the area were leery of him would be a huge understatement. It was actually surprising that no one had killed him sooner. Although this section does center around the Reverend, it also goes into great detail about voodoo in the South, the building of the Martin Dam, and the forming of Lake Martin in central Alabama. It talks about the origins and exploitations of life insurance as it started in Europe and consequently spread to the United States after the Civil War. The narrative reads very visually, outlining the background, history, facts, and supposition all collected from witness accounts, law enforcement records, and background research. The research into the history and operation of life insurance policies in the U.S. is superbly detailed. But the most fascinating aspect of this section is the story of Reverend Willie Maxwell and how he supposedly killed six people and collected the life insurance. The second section is called The Lawyer, and it covers the political and legal career of Tom Radney, who was quite liberal, particularly for Alabama during the Wallace era. Radney was a very colorful character that seemed to have a propensity in defending minorities and difficult, unsavory cases. His background into politics and his ability to seduce an audience, particularly a jury, is fascinating. Radney not only represented the Reverend Willie Maxwell and helped him receive payment on what most would consider fraudulent and underhanded life insurance claims, He also successfully represented Robert Burns, the man who shot and killed the Reverend in front of over 300 witnesses. The dialogue and exchanges of courtroom drama are entertaining and cleverly drawn by Casey Sepp. 
You are listening to Red Astray. I'm Laura from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley offers Zoom teeth whitening. Are you in need of teeth whitening? Do you have a special day coming up? Visit Henson Oakley on West Jackson Street in Cookville. The final and largest section, 50% of the book, covers the life of Harper Lee, author of To Kill a Mockingbird. It begins with her childhood in Alabama with her lawyer father, three sisters, ailing mother, and next-door neighbor and best friend, Truman Capote. These chapters follow Lee through her life and her writing. Again, it is clear that Sepp did her research. No stone was left unturned. The glamorous aspect of the story is that Harper Lee attended the court trial of Robert Burns with the intention of inspiring and generating ideas for the plot and theme of a new story. Her love of real crime, having written To Kill a Mockingbird and having worked with Truman Capote on In Cold Blood, shows in her research for this book, her deep intriguement in this case. Furious Hours is probably one of the best true crime works I have had the pleasure of reading. It has so much more to it than one would initially imagine, and that's what makes it such a gripping book. It's an amalgamation of true crime, American history, legal thriller, and biography of Harper Lee, which is a very interesting mix and works quite well. Sepp is an exceptional writer, And she's taken something that has been in bits and pieces for years and years and made it into a completely fascinating story. It's hard to believe, actually, that this is her first novel. I would give this book five out of five stars, particularly since it is nonfiction, which I do not read and enjoy quite as much as fiction. I talked about it and thought about it for days. On a related note, If you have not read Lee's masterpiece To Kill a Mockingbird, or if you haven't read it since high school and only pretended to read it then, you should. It is a Pulitzer Prize-winning masterpiece. The plot and characters are loosely based on Lee's observations of her family, her neighbors, and an event that occurred near her hometown in Monroeville, Alabama in 1936 when she was 10 years old. It is a captivating story that will draw you in with its carefully crafted plot and well-developed characters, but it will also leave you thinking about its themes of racial equality, rape, morality, class, and gender. After reading Furious Hours, I'm now kicking myself for never having read Go Set a Watchman, also by Harper Lee. It was actually written prior to Kill a Mockingbird, but was not released until shortly before Lee's death. It's about 26-year-old Jean Louise Finch, or Scout, the same 10-year-old character in To Kill a Mockingbird. In this story, Jean Louise Finch returns home from New York City to visit her aging father, Atticus. It seems it would have been written after Mockingbird rather than before, chronologically speaking. Lee's publisher did not think it was worthy of publishing and thought it needed a lot of work, which Lee was never able to do. Lee struggled the rest of her life to write another novel. The struggles to finally deliver her masterpiece and the issues she faced following the fame, glory, and financial success are compelling and presented in a very coherent manner. 
There are many theories of why she was unable to recreate this success. Regardless, her first novel is a literary classic that will live on and on. Thank you for tuning in today. Again, I'm always open for book recommendations or ideas, as well as format suggestions and recommendations there. You can find me on social media. Tune again next time for another book read. You've been listening to Red Astray. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center.